Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Applebee Bermuda Shorts podcast, short talks on all things Bermuda and business. In this tech talk series, we are going to talk about what's happening in the world of tech. I'm Jerome Wilson, head of Applebee's technology and innovation practice in Bermuda. Today, we want to highlight the regulatory strength of Bermuda. And to do so, I have one of our preeminent experts in regulatory and compliance in Bermuda, the none other than Jeff Barron. Jeff is the chief compliance officer at a leading company that is licensed under the Digital Asset Business Act in Bermuda. Jeff, good morning. Welcome. Good morning, Jerome. It's a pleasure to be here. You left out on my bio uh, that I was an undefeated T-ball coach in 2014, (laughs) which of course they don't score games, but... I'm able to say undefeated and be honest about that. Well, you have quite a lengthy and (laughs) impressive bio. Listeners, for those of you who do not know Jeff, Jeff is a bit of a celebrity here in Bermuda. He was also voted as the second most handsome man in Bermuda recently. Yeah, you know, if you're not first, you're last. So I don't (laughs) even talk about that one. But um, Well, people like me are not even on the list. So to be second in that category is saying something. We live in strange times. Anyway, thank you for being here. Thank you for taking time out of your day to, to join us for this, this, this discussion. Uh, so as I said to start, we do want to cover a sort of wide range of topics, mainly about regulation, mainly about compliance, and, and, and just to talk a little bit about the importance of that in Bermuda and the opportunities that are going to be becoming more and more prevalent in Bermuda. But before we get started, why don't you just you know, tell our listeners who don't know about you a little bit about yourself, your history, your, you know, where you've come from, that sort of thing. Sure. I was a uh Portuguese kid from Happy Valley Road and grew up there uh, in, you know, quite a beautiful, safe place called Bermuda. (laughs) So proud Bermudian. Um, I joined the Bermuda Police Service right out of high school at 19. I was a police officer for Mm -hmm. six years before I was sent overseas uh, on a course. And I was in Washington, D.C. and in walked these two men who worked on the U.N. uh, peacekeeping missions in Africa. And I decided at that very moment that that was my life goal. So two and a half years later, 52 applications, I became (laughs) a United Nations peacekeeper uh, and I was deployed in the Balkans. So the first Bermudian ever to to, uh, work under the peacekeeping banner of the United Nations. Cool. Spent two years there. Um, While I was there, I was doing a master's degree in criminology Mm -hmm. and uh, ended up coming back home. and did the final version of the dissertation on a local crime uh, prevention strategy. Um, unpack that, and it uh, yeah, it, it it caught the eye of quite a bit of people. Um, it was essentially showing crime displacement from wealthy to poor neighborhoods mm-hmm. instead of overall prevention. So um, that was, I think, an interesting um, an interesting topic to unpack. And uh, yeah, I started doing talks and. Uh, the various uh, social clubs and okay. uh, Cure. Everyone wanted to talk about it. And then yeah. I started getting calls from people in politics. So I, two years later, I was in politics. I was a, in politics for seven years at uh, a senator, uh, mm-hmm. the minister for national security, deputy minister for legal affairs, uh, member of parliament. And uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was an interesting time in my life. And I think maybe if that, that's why people recognize me <laughs> all the time in Bermuda, but from that period. But I entered the private sector and ran the uh, financial crime threat mitigation office and then went to an investment firm here in Bermuda, one of the first digital asset 
companies to open up here who were offering contract for differences by using digital assets and crypto. And then, yeah, where I'm at now, it's a, it's a, it's been an amazing ride and um, certainly an unorthodox one, but happy yeah. to, happy to be here. No, thank you for that. And you definitely have a front row seat to the sort of digital revolution that has happened in Bermuda. I guess my first question is when you were, you know, you mentioned the peacekeeping and the sort of the, your journey to where you are now. Did you ever imagine that Bermuda would be sort of the epicenter for regulated companies in this space? You know, digital asset business. I think that digital assets were not in anyone's vernacular 10 years ago we knew about bitcoin and, and sort of other coins but now the actual business of it you know that's a wonderful thing to see isn't it yeah i w- would never have would have guessed that and the fact that we are is testament to you know three three core things that would make this successful one is a forward-leaning government you know mm-hmm. people talk about oh is it crypto friendly there i mean our government is driving this right yeah. and uh, then we have a really effective understanding uh, an engaging regulator, mm-hmm. who, who, by the way, is quite well respected for the work that they've done in other industries across yeah. across the globe, uh, and an ecosystem of small companies, but but certainly law firms as well, who have become quickly become subject matter experts in this area in the local legislation, and the three of those combinations are why Bermuda is a leader in this space. Right, you can't have just the two. You have to have all three, and that's why we're seeing uh, a lot of attention um, and some really good, uh, really good out, uh, outpouring of, of comments. And we had a summit what, a week, two weeks ago, and yeah. people are coming here. People are recognizing the importance of Bermuda, and they're recognizing the importance of having uh, and being in a legitimate regulated jurisdiction. No, absolutely. I, I couldn't have said it better myself. Those are the three pillars of what makes it successful. And in 2022, in, in this day and age, People want to be regulated. You know, they're looking for a place to set up where they can invest in that jurisdiction and have comfort knowing that they will be respected. The people who are regulated them are respected. And it just creates this entire ecosystem of comfort and expertise. So let's touch a little bit on that. You know, we've seen this sort of explosion in compliance over the last few years. And it is a, the compliance as a word is, is, is very specific, but I think it's a very general and, and, and sort of encompassing term as it relates to business and the digital asset business and more specifically, how, you know, what kind of walk us through, talk to us about what that really means, what that really is and why, you know, in, in your opinion, your view, it's important to get that right. Yeah, the, the nature and complexity uh, and the size of a digital asset company, um, they differ, but I, I can say that the industry itself is something that is so fast moving, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the ethos, um, in, in a joking way, but it, you know, the ethos of, of crypto has very much been move fast and break things. Yep. And clearly, for someone who's in compliance and, and a company that cares about being regulated and has and wants a risk management ecosystem and program for the company for obviously good reasons, I wouldn't subscribe to that, right? So for me, the the the, the compliance day to day compliance looks like um, one understanding. Walking into my office every day, who, do I know my customers? Do I know what my customers are doing? Mm-hmm. And am I anticipating any new services, or products, or typologies that would impact my customers, my reputation of the business? 
um, and any activities that they're doing. And th- those are just general questions, but I need to know those at all times. And then yep. I trickle that down to the staff. But understanding the Digital Asset uh, a Business Act, um, the requirements for uh, the, the business reportable events, um, understanding the guidance notes that the, the regulator yep. here has put out. Yep. I mean, this is a 200-page document. It is, it, you know, that underscores a risk-based approach but with very granular detail about how you should be treating uh, certain types of businesses. And um, sorry, the, the guidance that you're referring to is is what's what specific one is that? Yeah, the, the BMA guidance notes on uh, AML, okay. ATF, and they were published in, I believe, 2016. And, yeah. and, and really, they're, they're the Bible, I think, for anyone in Bermuda compliance. So they're applied to almost every business. Right. right? So, um, yeah, I think it's, it, it is. It's understanding what what your environment is, mm-hmm. um, and then also, and so the local laws, local regulations, but also understanding what your business is currently doing per the business plan and what, frankly, they want to be doing in the next year. Uh, you know, the compliance is often the department of no, right? It's a lazy, <laughs> it's lazy compliance, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. we can't do that or pause this. Let me research it. I, I think um, particularly in digital assets, that, that, you can't have that. You need to have a compliance office staff and an ethos that is going to enable uh, the company to grow, but grow safely. Right. Uh, because yeah, I've said before, un- uncontrolled growth is the logic of the cancer cell, right? Yeah. You want this to grow, but if you're not providing the guardrails and helping your executive understand how they can grow, um, instead of just saying, no, we can't, um, then that's that's going to make or break a company, particularly, again, given their size, the complexity of business and what they want to do here in Bermuda. So they're coming to Bermuda for a reason. Let's talk about that a little bit more. So Bermuda has, as you said, has the experience. We have a well-regarded regulator. We've set up a beautiful piece of legislation that has, you know, covers what it is. We have the guardrails. We have you know, the government that's behind it. So all of those elements create this safe environment for people like you in the compliance world to to basically operate. So because of all the agreements that we have here in, in Bermuda, I would say that compliance works well here. You know, you mentioned that compliance technically or has historically been the, the place of no. But, you know, for digital assets, that's not exactly because things are so cutting edge. Today we're dealing with so different um, different coins tomorrow it's nfts next week it's going to be something else and you need compliance to be nimble the framework we have i think allows for that yeah i agree the and let me say if you are um, working with a compliance team that is the department of no i i suggest you shop another <laughs> compliance chief uh that that be in in certainly in this industry yep. there's just no way you you'd be able to keep up um and uh and operate as a business um successfully the the ingredients you mentioned and the assertion that this for bermuda uh is has actually been helpful for compliance and therefore business is 100 percent true and the reason why i can say that uh, is because the ingredients enable regulatory clarity. People are talking about this and the the advantages and disadvantage of it. But when you are clear about what those rules are, uh, when there's, and when you have regulatory consistency, when you are able to discuss that there's no moving goalposts, again, in a fast moving industry, sure, like we have had only a handful of legislative amendments, 
But regulatory clarity, regulatory consistency um, has been an absolute uh, bonus and an advantage for for me running uh, the compliance for a pretty fast moving company because I know I know consistently what the the rules and where the guardrails are. I know that they're they're very clear um, and world leading. You know, yeah. make no mistake. You know, most companies and and I've been a part of regulatory shopping. You know, yep. if, if if we can't do it here, where else can we do it? And yeah. we look at other jurisdictions and we and we look at their virtual asset. Uh, registry uh, re- regulations and uh, requirements. Bermuda is still miles ahead, and yep. I, I think um, the the ability to operationalize that as well is the third component, right? So we know that through very frequent and meaningful discussions with the regulator, the check ins, the you know the monthly. Um, key performance indicator um, yeah. submissions. We unpack with them, you know, where we've where we've gone, where we're going, um, and, and the requirements under DABA, where you're 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 applying for, um, you know, uh, updated license or products yeah. and things like that. So it's pretty clear what you need to do, and no. the, and the BMA have made it even easier. They've they've they'll they'll give you training on how to make those applications when they become digital. Right. Uh, it's such a it is a huge advantage, and, and frankly, again, the regulatory arbitrage part. You know, you're going somewhere else. You're not you're not going to be able to experience that, and you're not going to get FaceTime with the regulator. And they will pick up the phone here because it matters, and they also want to be a part of a regime that is again well guarded, well respected, um, but is heavy on consumer protection. Right, that right. is their core right yeah. now: consumer protection. And if they're uh, and the regulations are. Or done so to protect those. No, I, that, thank you. I mean, that's that's what we have been saying. That's what we try to communicate to our clients. That we, that's what we try to communicate and hopefully have effectively communicated in a previous podcast and that we have a regulator here who is first in class, but is you know it's not first in class doesn't mean that you have to be like the the headmaster who is walking around with a strict face and no one can approach them. They're completely the opposite. First in class, very approachable. Let's have a conversation. They they will be stern when they need to be. But did you learn the most from strict teachers? I found <laughs> I certainly did. I mean, I, you know, that your, mean, you, you, <laughs> your grades come up. You know, you 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 know, you get the feedback. You might not like how the feedback is delivered, but you get it. And it's, you get it right away, and you get to change it right away. I mean, yes, I've, I've always. I think there's an advantage to that. There is, there is, but there's also an advantage. There, there is also the juxtaposition of being able to communicate effectively, and that's I think where our regulator comes and and does a great job of just communicating and and not being that unapproachable because I'm I'm sure and I guess this is the the sort of next phase of the question is what can you know what can companies who are considering coming to Bermuda in the current environment what can they expect when it gets when it comes time to the AML compliance element of it now we know sort of what the prudential kind of you know X's and O's are but can you kind of, without getting into you know any specific sure. details, just give us an overview flavor of what to expect when it is. You mentioned the key, you know, performance indicators. You mentioned co- discourse with the AML team. What can they at AML team at the BMA? What generally can we expect, and what can our clients expect? Yeah, so not knowing the the nature, size, complexity of a business, but mm-hmm. um, a, a, a business that's going to move here to Bermuda to to operate uh, under the, the, the DABA license sh- should expect the same level of due diligence um, during the application phase. 
uh, on a continuous basis um, with respect to sharing key performance indicators and letting the regulator um, know what your your metrics are, you know, per month, you know, how many customers are you onboarding and where are you onboarding them from? Again, this is, this is something that's, um, that I think most, or the larger, larger class Fs, you yeah. know, there, there are three classes, right? The F, yeah. the M and the T, um, the class F is a full license. So if you're coming in as a large company, a class F, um, you should also expect to hire local Bermudians. There are, and I'm one of them, uh, there are people here in Bermuda that particularly in compliance, with a, a lot of uh, solid background in compliance, some traditional banking, yep. uh, some in investments, some in insurance. Um, you won't find, if you're putting on you know, a, a job advert, needs five years compliance, uh, crypto compliance experience, you won't find anyone in Bermuda with that. Right. So uh, I think it's important to, like I did, building out the compliance program and, and team here in Bermuda, um, we've been independently audited by Alvarez and Marcel. We got fantastic feedback. Uh, it was testament to the to the program that we've rolled out, uh, the staff that we've hired, and they're all local. And they come yeah. from traditional banking and other industry. And I think, you know, knowing the nuances between an altcoin, utility token, et cetera, are not overly important. What is important for the compliance team is that they are aware of what the the regulations say, yep. the statutory filing schedule, what is required for a year-end filing, um, and the, the, the need for the company to always walk into that door, know who your customers are, evidence that to the regulator, uh, because it's a non-face-to-face business, right? Yeah. We don't, I don't meet customers uh, on the street. They don't walk in and show us their, their passport. It's all digital. So we have <laughs> robust systems to not only monitor transactions, uh, monitor their... Um, sanction screening and politically ex- political exposures, right. um, but know who they are, anti-fraud techniques. There's so many things that we've built into this program. You should expect a high, um, a high barrier of entry and requirements for the regulator here because it's reputational. If you're enabling or um, in, unintentionally enabling uh, money laundering or sanctions, you are going to you're going to bring um, your company into repute, but also the, re- the, the the jurisdiction. Yeah, and that's something we've said previously. Like, you know, the, the fiercest thing that our regulator is doing is protecting the reputation of the jurisdiction. Yeah, I think that's more important than ever as we sit here today, um, given you know the, all these recent uh, market impact uh, events that are impacting the, the digital asset crypto markets. Uh, I know I've said before that one of the bigger threats of the industry is the industry itself. Yeah. You know, we have to be better about, um, you know, uh, being the adult in the room and actually, uh, those who are, who've chosen not to be regulated, those who've chosen not to perform KYC, they, they are probably a lot faster. I go, those are the move fast and break things types of companies. Right. And I, I, they're, they, they won't last. They're not lasting. They're already being indicted. They're already being closed down. Com- yeah. Countries are saying, actually, we don't want you, um, your, that your activities are illegal here, so, so leave. And I think that's why becoming, becoming uh, a regulated uh, entity in a well-regarded jurisdiction here in Bermuda is, for those who are willing to make that investment, um, is going to pay off massively. Because the, you know what we're seeing now is, Consumers, whether retail or a sophisticated corporate, are now saying, given the last six months of the the market, 
I I want to I want to put this where somewhere I, that it's safe. Yeah. Not not the fast. Not I'm gonna make tons of money. There's a little low fees. Let me let me put two high returns. Let me know. put a couple of dollars on Doge to see if I can be a billionaire next year. That the altcoin drive is slowed, right? And mm-hmm. I think people are corrected. And I think now it is more about how can I be more discerning about where I what I do with my assets? Because there's there are plenty of people from Wall Street to Front Street that are looking at this as a legitimate investment tool yeah. um, longer term. And therefore, they're going to want to put uh, that investment in, in a company that has actual rules around customer protection, customer rights. And that's uh, regulated in a jurisdiction that has robust laws and regulations surrounding it, you know, come look no further, right? We're, yeah. we're here in Bermuda and that, that is a huge advantage for us. Yeah, I agree. So pivoting a little bit to a conversation that's closer to home, something that you started out by saying, you know, proud Bermudian, which is, you know, we all are. Um, what advice would you have for our, our, our fellow country men who, and women who are listening and want to get into this space and want to prepare themselves for the opportunities. Cause I think we both feel that they're going to be growing opportunities. I mean, as, as much as you would like, and I would like you to be the compliance officer, the chief at, at, at mm-hmm. multiple firms, you, you can only be at one place at one time. And so they're going to be more entrance into the market. There's going to be more employment opportunities. How do we prepare ourselves for that? You know, Bermudians are, 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 um, I think naturally curious, um, and they're they're not risk averse. You know, that's kind of in our blood. You know, we we've uh, if forty years ago you would have sat down in a school. You know, most of the responses to what do you want to be when you grow up would have been something in the hospitality industry, yep. or or something something more local. And then of course the eighties happened, and then we had international business, and yep. now. You, you will walk into a school and ask a 13-year-old today what they'd like to be, and it's an actuary. It's like, yeah. one, can you spell actuary? <laughs> Two, do you have any idea what they do? And they yeah. understand that it is a good, solid job, and they understand that um, it's hard work that, that pays them money. The, what my message would be uh, is that the digital asset e- ecosystem here, it's an industry, and it's here to stay. Yeah. You know, th- so people often map um, or they index digital assets to Bitcoin, right? So the success or failure of Bitcoin is going to end the, 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 the industry. That's so far from the truth. Yeah. Um, you know, digital assets, uh, blockchain environments and technology, the, the way in which digital payments are made. I mean, I think over 85, I think I read percent of payments now are already done digitally. Yeah. You know, whether it's like you're transferring it online, you're yeah. using Apple Pay, PayPal. Yeah. And there's, I, I've walked into places where they don't take cash, right? <laughs> yeah. So we're already there. Yeah. So it's a legitimate industry that is growing. And, yeah. and the, the, I think the assumption, wrong assumption is that for someone to want to get involved in the crypto space, digital asset space, they have to know some level of, uh, of uh, knowledge about they have to know yeah. the vernacular. They need to know what an NFT yeah, is, what a Doge is. You know, the, yeah. The, the, that's but but the, bo- the 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 capital T truth is that the industry, because it's legitimate and it's growing, are going to need office managers. Yep, they're going to need lawyers. They're yep. going to need uh, people in compliance who understand risk based approaches and models. They're going to need uh, other lines of businesses that really have nothing to do with pushing and pursuing. 
um, you know, tokenized NFT, and the rest of it, right? Like, so th- it is, this is a legitimate uh, opportunity for Bermudians to get involved in an exciting industry. That, that is growing. Let yep. me underscore that word, growing. Yep. Um, I think, you know, we're, we're, um, we're not overly dictated by the market. You know, the market is slow now f- across the board. But um, I think now having the right policies and procedures, again, as a responsible regulated company, you do that. And then, you know, we're excited to be, you know, to, to see that the, the number of entrants in this industry is growing. Oh, I've just been hired here. Oh, I'm not working in this industry. I get LinkedIn messages all the time. Hey, I just started at this firm. It's like, oh, that's amazing. You know, you're, yeah. not, you're now part of our club. And, yeah. that, and, and, you know, we want to normalize that. We want to see more Bermudians involved. And, the, and, and none of them have come from... Uh, a crypto background they may have an interest they may be enthusiasts yeah and that that's that's beneficial but you know working as the uh the office manager the executive assistant um uh, support crew the compliance folks i I don't i don't require any of them to have uh, any crypto background um nor uh, do they have to be members of any club what they what they need to do is to again to come in and be curious about the industry um, but be good at what they've said that they're good at. Yeah. And, you know, the rest of it, again, comes through the culture of the company, and they'll learn that. So give it a look. Don't don't pass it over if you think that you're going to need 10, 5, even 3 years experience in crypto. Because guess what? The legislation came out in 2018. <laughs> yeah. if, I, if, you, if I read a resume that says I have... I have five years of uh, crypto compliance experience in Bermuda. I'm either going to say you're the other one person or you're not. And you're, you're not telling, you're not the telling the me the truth. <laughs> yeah, it's just not there. And so that's a, that's a heads up for companies as well. Um, they may flex an option if they want to, to, to bring in some o- overseas staff. Uh, that would be, that's up to the government. But I can tell you that there are really capable, willing people uh, in Bermuda who were born here, who are curious about the industry uh, and who are hungry to prove themselves. No, that's, that's really great. And so if anyone out there is listening, uh, whether it be on the uh, employee side or the employer side, you know, reach out to Jeff um, or contact him, you know, for some advice on LinkedIn or other, um, other means. Our, our, our contact details are in the show notes. So, you know, feel free to reach out to him. But that's really good, Jeff. I really appreciate that because um, it is for this industry to continue to grow. Um, is it going to rival the insurance industry? Who knows? You know, we're still so early. You know, the insurance industry at, at this stage in its cycle didn't know that it was going to become what it is today in Bermuda. And so who knows in, in the next couple of years, if we're half as large, if we're a quarter of large as the insurance industry in Bermuda, that being a digital asset industry, then that will be a fantastic result for the island. And so, um, you know, I like how you said it, it needs to be controlled growth. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for, for, for participating with us. Again, if anyone wants to contact me or Jeff, you know, feel free to reach out to us in our show notes. We look forward to hearing from you and we look forward to um, our next episode, which will no doubt be an interesting one. Bye for now. Thank you.